Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. And today we have Hannah Zook back with us for our third part in the series about the End Slavery Ministries Ecuador. Let's get ready to celebrate all, all these stories of victory and setbacks. Let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Hi, this is Cameron Graham Vivanco. And I am Jorge Luis Rodriguez. And we're coming to you from Quito, Ecuador, Ooh. where, <laughs> yay, Ecuador. <laughs> I am the director and co-founder of Education Equals Hope. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for E Equals H in Ecuador as well. Today, we have our third episode with our dear friend, Hannah. Yeah, Hannah yeah, Miller-Zuck, yeah. welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. It's fun to be here again. I got all the names out that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have not had a chance to listen to the two previous podcasts to this one, please stop uh, just right now and go back and listen to those. All of the stories that we're going to hear from Hannah today will make so much more sense um, when you have the backstory. And those first two are providing that backstory of Esme in Slavery Ministries Ecuador, which in Spanish is called Feme, Fin de Esclavitud Ministerio Ecuador. Muy bien. Really uh, good, Cameron. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so those are, that. that's where Hannah works, as you guys know. And today we have invited her back to hear some of the stories of victory and some of the stories of setback because the the reality is the ministry that you guys have is very challenging and working um, to help restore lives after they have been um, through many, many crises, not just mm-hmm. one. Um, as we were talking before the show, we were talking about um, all the ways that Educational's Hope has partnered with Esme over the years. It used to just be the residential program, mm-hmm. but um, as you've talked us through, it's the residential program, mm-hmm. the non-residential program, outreach to uh, men and women and currently in prostitution and also the jewelry making, um, small business enterprises to do some job training and that, that Esme is all four of those things. So we're so excited to have you and and welcome back and thanks for being a part of the show. Yeah, it's great. We love partnering with Equals H and it's so great to have your support. Um, it takes a lot of people to, Mm -hmm. um, come together to be able to help another person and Mm -hmm. come alongside people, especially in this way and for a long-term and holistic way. So yeah, Mm -hmm. we really appreciate that. And also another way that I really am super thankful that Equals H has been part of what we do is they brought counselors down every Mm -hmm. year, I think. I mean, not during COVID, la- but <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's only the last two years. We we were scheduled last year, and we're we have plans in the work for, works for a team in October to come. Yeah. So tell us what that. So what Hannah is talking about is we have recruited um, counselors who have come down on a specific short term mission team to pour into the staff uh, at Esme, at Casa Dalia, Casa Gabriel, and just pour into that staff so that they have the tools for their own health and to help with the health of the young men and young women um, and their children. So what are some of the things that you have seen? What's that been the impact of Educators Hope being able to partner with you guys that way? Yeah, for sure. I think when we think about this type of work, we really think about the participants, the children, the people that are benefiting, um, that need this support. But really, I mean, the staff are who are pouring in all of that support and really mm-hmm. walking with and hearing stories that you'll hear some of them today. And so it's really, really important that our staff are healthy themselves and are being mm-hmm. poured into as well. And so that's what I've been able to see is just these counselors come down and they have just such a heart to serve and love on the staff and they do 
one-on-one counseling that's free with them. And that's so helpful, Mm -hmm. um, especially for, for instance, our counselor who she's counseling, counseling, counseling all day, Mm -hmm. these hard situations. And then for her to have someone to talk to Mm -hmm. um, and process out with and give tools to. So yeah, that individual, I mean, everyone always raves and signs up really fast. (laughs) And then (laughs) of course there's other sessions and stuff like that of just really pouring into the staff so that we can continue to do ministry here. Awesome. We're so thankful for that. And a shout out to our executive director, Celeste Bundy. Mm-hmm. This was her brainchild. Um, <laughs> and she does most of the recruiting. If there are any psychologists or psychiatrists listening to the program today and you're interested in being a part of this, please uh, send us an email at info at org. So let's jump into the meat of today, the stories of victories yeah. and, and setbacks. What? Where would you like to start? I mean, I think I'll just jump in. There's a lot of stories. (laughs) I can't even imagine. I mean, yeah, I was thinking about that on on my way here. But yeah, so as Cameron mentioned, we have multiple different programs. And so, for instance, our residential home, Casa Dalia, um, some stories from there. So our women actually, they choose to be there and they can choose to leave whenever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so they're adults. They are making those choices. And actually, it's really important. They've actually potentially been in these situations where their freedom of choice has been taken away. And so Mm -hmm. to have that choice um, is super important. And so I think one of the setbacks for that is whenever there's choice, someone can choose to not participate anymore. Um, And so one woman I was thinking about today, um, she, I'll call her Samantha. So I don't use any of the real names of the women just for their Sure. Yeah, we've talked about why and (laughs) organized crime circuits that might be looking for them. Exactly. So I'll use other names um, for the purpose of keeping everybody straight. But yeah, so Samantha came. She joined our program a few years ago. And um, in her initial medical assessment, so they go and you know, have appointments with doctors and we just want to be able to get them the medical care that they need, um, found out she needed an open heart surgery. Um, yeah. And that, um, her life expectancy was going to be pretty low if she didn't get that surgery. Hmm. Um, and so it was pretty, um, expensive. So we were trying to figure out in the public system how to get that. And we're just doing the steps, moving Mm -hmm. along. And then she actually decided to leave the program. Oh gosh. Um, and so, And we don't know anything about her um, right now. So hopefully, I mean, we pray that, and you can pray with us, that somehow she gets that surgery that she needs. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know when the women choose to not be in the program where they are, what they're doing. A lot of times they're out of contact. Mm -hmm. And then we know if they have these needs, and whether it be medical or someone who's, you know, processing out trauma and counseling, and then Mm -hmm. if they choose to leave, they're, you know, Mm -hmm. stopping that process. Um, But, yeah, so I'd say, like, that's the of a huge setback for, for Casa Dalia that sure. when women decide that they are no longer going to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side, um, when our women choose to stick it out and uh-huh. choose to do the hard work that it is to heal and grow and move forward, um, it's so beautiful. So our first graduate graduated in March, 2019 uh-huh. and she is still doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, so what now we're two years later. Um, so she came to you straight out of being trafficked and you guys walked with her through that healing process if I'm remembering correctly so straight out of um not straight out of trafficking but she was um out of an abusive situation Mm -hmm. um and so yeah she she actually 
um, was pregnant and then and a teenager and got help through another organization. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then she turned 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she transferred from that organization to our organization. Mm-hmm. And so that is one of the ways that we actually have women come in is mm-hmm. they're getting helped as minors and turn 18 and then those people that are helping them can't help them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they <laughs> yay, can come in. legal paperwork <laughs> and red tape, yay. So crazy. Um, but yeah, she was in our program for around four years, so it's a long term mm-hmm. if they really go through the whole program. But she's doing great. She has a full-time job. She's a single mom, and she has an apartment with her son, uh, has childcare for him, mm-hmm. is doing great. And yeah, it's just really sweet to see them come out on the other side and not no longer be vulnerable to you know, being trafficked to get back into an abusive situation mm-hmm. and, you know, have that economic stability um, and just be able to, yeah, live a normal life. I think, I mean, a setback <laughs> this week was one of the women just, yeah, we were just talking and she's just crying there and she's like, I just want to be able to live a normal life. Mm. And, oh, it's just like so hard when mm-hmm. the women are there just crying. Like, I don't, I just, I don't want to be in crisis anymore. I don't want to be I'm having anxiety attacks, having, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm just so tired of living this life of crisis after crisis and process and just all the stuff that she has to sort through. She's like, do you think that I can live a normal life? Mm-hmm. I like, I don't even know. Yeah. And I told her, yeah, I believe that you can. And there is hope for the future. And I think when they're just, in the middle of it and the healing and the processing and bringing up all the crap, you know, and processing Mm -hmm. that out. It's, yeah, it's just, um, they sometimes can't have, see their future and like have hope for their future. But I think that's the beauty of having that community around you to be able to encourage you, to pray for you, to say, you know what? I believe that there's hope for your life. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't believe it right now, like I'm going to pray that you can eventually Mm -hmm. believe that. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can believe that okay, someone else has hope, at least, for me, that things will be different, things will get better, um, and crisis won't be forever. It doesn't have to define you forever. May Mm -hmm. I was reading a... um uh, a, a book of prayers, one of the prayers was, may I always believe in the possibility of newness. Mm. Um, and just yeah. that sweet, uh, when you're in, in the, the doldrums, and well, I mean, it's not just doldrums, <laughs> that's probably a bad use of, of that word. When you're in that, those depths of despair mm-hmm. and that, how can you even think that something new is possible? But yeah. Happily, she has people around her like you having those conversations saying, yes, there is possible because you've seen it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's not right. just metaphorical. Yes, hypothetically, this can be different for you, but right. you've seen it be different. Exactly. Yeah. Like the girl who graduated and she's doing great and she's, and I know that sounds maybe like to us, like what? Live a normal life. But really it's beautiful. Like that she just, she's living a normal life. She can support herself. She is doing great. She doesn't, you know, need the support of Um, our programs anymore Mm -hmm. and we haven't even helped her for two years we haven't had one point where we even helped her economically Mm -hmm. um, because she's been doing so well and I think in this even in this economic climate here like it's it's hard that's huge I just read an Associated Press report that um, the highest unemployment rate in the last year has been was 68 percent Wow, 68 percent of Ecuador was unemployed wow um, during this last year yeah that is crazy yeah Yeah, so, I mean, that's them with the residential home, um, with, like, Amadas and the street outreach. Um, I think there's a lot of sweet, sweet victories in little things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just when women have the opportunity to share their story, mm-hmm. um, 
and feel comfortable and trust us. Um, and even like at Christmas, we do Christmas parties for around 400 people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, women are coming up to me, Hannah, and just like give me a big hug. And how are you? And how's your kid? And this and that. And they're like, can you pray for me for this? Mm-hmm. This is going on. And they're just opening up their hearts. And it's so sweet to think about like, okay, maybe they don't have anyone else that's listening to them that cares about their life that yeah just to like be a person that's full of joy and support for them Mm -hmm. even in the midst of that I mean we're having a Christmas party in the courtyard of a brothel and they're coming up and just being able to have that genuine connection Mm -hmm. um, and love for each other I mean I feel loved by them and I think that that's a huge victory too of like it's not just I'm pouring in I'm pouring in I'm pouring in it's Mm -hmm. this is real friendship they Mm -hmm. asked me about my kid they asked me about my life and my sister. Uh-huh. And they actually care about what they're asking, right? Exactly, yeah. And just that, like, true connection. And, um, yeah, and then the hope through that is that they ask. And, I mean, the, so many of the times that, why are you here? Why don't you judge me? You know what we're doing here, you know? And it's like, yeah, I'm not judging you because Jesus doesn't judge you. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus loves you. Jesus sees exactly what you're doing here. And yet he wants to know you and is just smiling at you and wants to hug you and say, hey, I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for women to just, I mean, the amount of women that have just broke down crying mm-hmm. from hearing that message mm-hmm. um, and the opportunities to share um, and to keep talking. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just we go out and we do outreach and then, I mean, I don't know, <laughs> like, I think that God can do things through like a one-time random street outreach, but the fact that we're seeing the same women over and over and over, and then the next time we pick it up, and then they ask me another question about uh-huh. Jesus, and then we talk more about it. Yeah. It reminds me of the steps of youth ministry, and and that you have to earn the right to be heard, mm-hmm. um, and that once you have that right, then they come and and they do ask questions, and I saw that happen over and over in youth ministry. <laughs> in some ways, it's probably not uh, specific to youth ministry, just in ministry in general. That mm-hmm. that desire to show up. Um, that yeah. one of the books that we keep talking about, um, the, uh, When Helping Hurts, How to Alleviate Poverty mm-hmm. Without Hurting the Poor, and we've talked in this podcast a lot about mm-hmm. the different kinds of poverty, the poverty of being, the poverty of condition, mm-hmm. the poverty of responsibility, all those different things. Um, and one of um, the author, um, Brian Fiskett, one of his, um, another podcast that he was doing, he was talking about just how listening is poverty alleviation, just mm-hmm. listening to someone's story and that that true connection, that caring. We all know mm-hmm. what it is to like need to unload yeah. <laughs> and process. And I think for some people listening, perhaps it's weird to think about, really, you don't have anybody in your life that would smile mm-hmm. and look at you and be excited to see you or encouraged. Um, but that's, I think, probably pretty true in some of the yeah. circumstances where you work. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I would totally agree that that's the case and it is crazy when you if you have a lot of support system and you have you know family or friends that are around you but to think that these women are out in this situation that they most of them wouldn't choose they're there for economic reasons they most of them are single moms most of them their families aren't you know very supportive maybe were abusive uh-huh. and so yeah, like they're a lot of times their biggest support system is other women that are there with them mm-hmm. that become their family. They're like, oh, yeah, this girl's like my sister, mm-hmm. you know, and then potentially they have I mean, everybody has something to give, but they're both in that situation struggling. And so to have someone be able to be like, hey, I see you. I know you. I love you. I have something actually for you. That's Jesus that can totally <laughs> transform your life. Um, yeah. And just to see how many of them. I mean, the times that women are like 
oh, they're here to pray. And they'll be like, everybody join together. And it's literally like <laughs> 10 of us in a circle holding hands on the street corner. Mm. And literally like guys might be coming by and like trying to get their attention. They're like, wait, 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 wait. And <laughs> I'm like, busy we're praying. Right you know, and it's just like, please pray for me. Pray for me for this. Pray for me for this. Pray mm. for me for this. And it's like, I mean, that shows me that they probably don't have other people that are praying for them. And it's mm-hmm. such an honor to be like, maybe the only person that's lifting your prayers to God for them and for their situation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of these, you can imagine the different things that they go through that are just really difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's a lot of a lot of sweet victories. I think with that, I mean, there are setbacks too. There's one woman where we met her and then we didn't see her for literally years. Mm-hmm. And then we saw her again. We're like, we haven't seen you for years. And she's like, oh, I've been working in a restaurant. It was really great, blah, blah, blah. We're like, oh, that's so amazing. And then, like, what happened? Well, the restaurant shut down. I was trying to find another job in a restaurant, waited a little while, but I have to put food on the table for my kids, so here so I, I am, am again. Mm. Wow. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean. Are there days that you have to define success for yourself? Are there days that you have to wonder if if you are doing anything and how do you know if you are is it, is, I mean, am yeah. I the only one that has those days <laughs> or no, no totally <laughs> totally and I think it's yeah exactly it's just like I mean people are like how many women have you helped out from outreach out of that situation mm-hmm. and we're like zero mm-hmm. like, that's mm-hmm. not where we're meeting the women that come to the safe home that's not and so yeah I mean if you define success in that way we are completely unsuccessful <laughs> as an <in> outreach. <laughs> you know, but how many women have we been able to share Jesus with? How many women have we been able to just listen with and they cry and they share and they want to pray? And even women that have been really hostile to prayer then later being open to it after mm-hmm. time and time again coming and offering and say and respecting, saying, do you want us to pray? We say, you know, can we pray for you? And they're like, if they're like, yes, and we're like, okay, awesome. How can we pray for you? can we pray for you right now here? And then some of them are really uncomfortable with that. They're like, nope. And then we're like, that's fine too. Like, or Mm -hmm. they're like, we don't want, no, you don't need to pray for me. And we're really like, Mm -hmm. then we're just like, that's totally fine. And then we keep on talking because it's like, there's nothing. You don't have to receive prayer to receive acceptance and friendship. Sure. And in fact, in the future, they may be open. And there really is no strings attached. It's not like you're going to be like, well, if you don't love Jesus, then we're not going to come back here. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) The the opposite of what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, The other two areas of ministry, uh, maybe one quick story of uh, of the jewelry making, what success looks like in that, or the non-residential program. Yeah. So, I mean, with jewelry, it's, I think, simple things as well, like girls who are there or women who are getting there on late every single day and every single day and then slowly but surely they actually like are learning how to be on time <laughs> you know oh, wow. it's just that is a victory in Ecuador so I think yeah it can be it can be those things and then I mean the women are learning they get sometimes their big orders and so we send jewelry home quote unquote uh-huh. with them which um, can mean just in the safe home itself or back to their home if they're non-residential and if they don't get that in on time, I mean, that's like a learning experience because we're not meeting our, you know, goal that we need to like send the jewelry to whoever uh-huh. and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think. And airplanes don't wait. Exactly. And so there have been setbacks where it's like, 
hey, this order, we're missing this much. I'm so sorry. We're going to send that next week because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, we just because the women didn't follow through. And but then it's a learning experience um, for them as well. And then for them to see see them complete things like that the next time, you know, where it's like, oh, my gosh, I realized that other things depend on me. And it's just those small things the that small little steps that will help them in future jobs. I mean, to be able to get there on time is, I mean, a huge benefit for them for their next job or be able to complete something on time. So Hannah, do you have any examples of a, a victory in the, the field of education or in that area? Yeah. So one of our women who's currently in Casadalia, she has been working diligently on her studies mm-hmm. and it's actually been at many times a struggle, but she actually was one of only a handful of women who were actually people just in general of the huge amount of people that are in the program she's Uh studying that was chosen to get a scholarship. So she gets 50% (gasps) off monthly. Wow. um, And she's in an accelerated program to be able to finish her high school, hopefully this year. Awesome. Awesome. And as we all know, education makes all the difference. Yeah, for sure. Hannah, we unfortunately are coming toward the end of this third podcast. We would love to have you back at time in the future, come with new stories or different stories or just updates We're so thankful to get to partner with y'all as you are helping people post-crisis. But as our dear listeners know, our heart and goal is to keep young women from hitting crisis. And Mm -hmm. education is key to that. Um, So please feel free to join our team. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) Join us at educationalshope.org. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to our Hopecast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, www.educationequalshope.org, or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.